Look at us developing and growing. <laughs> this is Mistakes Were Made, brought to you in part by the Nightmare Box. Did it backwards. <laughs> Mixed things up. Changing, Changing things it up. around. You're a wild man. Uh-huh. And this is an important episode today, because what did we do today, Kristen? Our podcast was officially accepted on iTunes, and it's now available on the podcast app, on Podbean, and on iTunes. Hell yeah. So we're officially an official thing. We're no longer just two people talking into a microphone (laughs) so that I can, I don't know, masturbate to the sound of my own voice (laughs) while I'm at work on my computer. Um, We also... um, we haven't made it yet or set it up yet, but we bought stuff to hopefully help pad some of the we did. surrounding sound. You oh. will for sure still hear our upstairs neighbors who seem to be practicing for their bowling league, but uh, <laughs> everything else will hopefully be a little quieter. I think he juggles his kids. He's not very good at catching. I don't know who lives upstairs. I don't know if it's the same people that had the little girl that I loved. I don't know if they've moved. I don't know if they've started an adoption center. Might be running like a baby ring out of the upstairs apartment. We need to look into it. But, uh, my cough right there. Um, today we bought that and then we bought a cable and we got super excited that maybe... This week we would bring you an episode that had two mics, and that is not the case. So we're still running the one microphone yeah. situation. I think I might have got the wrong one. It's all right. I mean, it happens. Adapt and overcome, you know. And uh, this is not a two-star Tuesdays. This is a proper mistakes were made. So it's fitting. Why would it go correctly the first time? Why would we just be able to waltz right into the podcast all happy? Why wouldn't there be a problem? You know, like, I think we're doing pretty good. That's one of the things that we have on my little list here. I've been, we, we've been making lists. Show notes. While, show what? notes while we're uh, sitting in the laundromat dealing with the homeless veterans. And, no, see, uh, <laughs> see, Brett's the one who's being responsible, and Brett has the show notes. I... Did not write down the show notes, so I'm still going to flounder through this. No, 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 no. You're not going to flounder. Fred will guide me. I'll throw a match or something. (laughs) But I remember writing Adapt and Overcome on my show notes. Because Two Star Tuesdays. Because of Two Star Tuesdays. So let's start there. We we ranted about that a little bit in our last podcast, which is not currently up, but... Well, I've got all different kinds of beef with Netflix, which is exactly what you want when you're trying to be like a film person. Like you want to have just direct hatred for the industry. <laughs> and recently, may, one would say almost immediately after we titled it Two Star Tuesdays, they <laughs> took down the star system and replaced it with a thumbs up, thumbs down. We're looking for only things that you might enjoy, PC culture fucking can't even hurt a millionaire's feelings system. (laughs) So we've been trying to come up with a way around that. We've been trying to come up with a way to hold true to bringing you guys the low quality films that we were planning on bringing you before. (laughs) And Kristen came up with the brilliant idea of Thumbs Down Thursday, which was just an immediate, okay, they won't let us do that. We'll do this other thing. (laughs) So... I guess, I mean, I was looking at Netflix before we started this, just kind of flipping through to Mm -hmm. see how the new rating system worked. 
I think they've taken down categories. Like you have to search for categories. So I had to type huh. horror movies in to get horror movies to show up. Yeah. And all of them are based on a percentage that if it's not suggested for you, isn't there. So we can only see the percentages of the movies that Netflix wants us to watch. And I read 1984 a couple of times in college. I think it's the goddamn NSA stealing my thoughts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll have to come up with the percentage that anything below that percentage is considered a thumbs Well, down. it doesn't show you the percentage of things that it doesn't want you to see. So it's like the lowest hmm. rating I saw was 73%, which is like you still might enjoy Okay, it well, time. we're going to change it to Winging It Wednesday. Winging It Wednesday. <laughs> Just based on the picture, <laughs> if it maybe. it looks like it might be bad. I'm going to write that down as a note. Winging it Wednesday. We, do, we did. We did wings. I give up. We did. We did. For dinner. Uh, was that last no, night before? Yeah. I think the night before last. Because we had those monstrous burgers last night on pretzel buns, which are incredible. Oh, yeah. No, we've been killing the cooking game. We're, we're, we're definitely doing a lot better in the kitchen. You know, you, Kristen came into the apartment. I'd been living by myself for, what, like a year, year and a half, or something like that. <laughs> and uh, I'd given up on pre-cooked, or not pre-cooked, but uh, pre-seasoned chicken breasts. Kristen walks in with some pre-seasoned chicken breasts. I looked at her like she just slapped my mother. <laughs> like, I was like, not a good I was cook. Like, do not feed me. So we've been uh, practicing. We've done the HelloFresh thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every other week it's been... Uh, pretty routine we've been doing the hello fresh which mm. gives us in the kitchen together um and outside of that almost every night is a or i think every night yeah, there's a home-cooked meal yeah right? we cook every single night like even the other night when we went to the bar like we were like we're gonna go to the mexican restaurant we didn't we're gonna have a couple of beers and yeah. then we came home so that we could cook together like that it's another thing that I've got on. I'm going to keep referencing directly the show notes instead of falling directly <laughs> into any one topic. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's going to be my plan. Um, we were talking um, about how doing this has kind of helped our relationship. Out. Mm-hmm. Because I, as Kristen well knows, and the, the audience uh, might not, I'm not very good at communicating period. (laughs) (laughs) You have your moments. I have my moments where I'm, Kristen's like, I love you. And I'm like, you don't understand. There's a shadow government. (laughs) (laughs) But this has kind of given us a way to where, um, it forces us to sit down for roughly an hour, um, twice a week and actually talk about things. Not even just the hour of the podcast. We, uh, go to our favorite place on earth the laundromat and pre-plan our sports laundry (laughs) our episodes or what uh video we're gonna watch or whatever so we like spend a little less than an hour i guess at the laundromat Mm. like working on it together and then do our errands for the day take some time for ourselves and i'm not saying that we only talk to each other no, I meant like it's not just in like we don't like sit down yeah. and go straight into it. Like we have like I don't know, been like developing a system for how we work on it. Like outside of the people that have families, you know, like how many couples 
like in our situation, like we've got no kids, we got three animals, we live alone in an apartment. How many people do you think actually, you know, even sit down and have dinner with their families and stuff like that? And instead of like letting the TV play in the background, like we try to dare ourselves to make like every night date night. So like we got to throw some music on, got to make some dinner, dance, gonna dance the around kitchen. the kitchen like a drunken dumbass, and <laughs> fucking slide on over here to the table. I mean, podcast studio. <laughs> And uh, enjoy something you probably had to pay thirty or forty dollars for in the restaurant. So like it's every day is like a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But the podcast has given us a joint sense of creative accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. So there's that. Is it now you've made me say things that are romantic? Oh no! Sitting in the silence. How dare I? Brett, why do you scream about the shadow government? It's this moment. Right here. <laughs> I think I'm cute. I, I think you're incredibly cute. <laughs> I would agree. God damn. But yeah, we went to um, the laundromat. We went and got um, the stuff for the... What, 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 what do you call that thing? Um, I think it's technically considered a gobo. Because um, it... It, like, goes between. Yeah. That's literally why they call them gobos. It goes between. I um, had no idea it was called a gobo. That's my new favorite word. I, I believe it's technically considered a gobo. You can use the term gobo pretty loosely. They make gobos that you can put in yeah. lights to change the way the pattern of the light is. But, um, yeah, it's basically just, like, a, a sound insulation chamber, yeah. I guess. So you <laughs> saw that YouTube video, which mm. I don't have that information readily available but uh this guy was showing you how to make them out of like paint trays and like air conditioning, air conditioning insulation padding, yeah because <laughs> they're, they're relatively expensive actually i think i told you i was looking at some online that were like 60 bucks a piece or something like yeah. that and like nicer ones these were kind of flimsy not great ones are usually like 100 bucks or more so yeah, I was like, I bet somebody somewhere has built one before. <laughs> so I went digging on YouTube and found a pretty cool little video for like, we're trying to build two, so it's a little more expensive, but like, you could build one for under 20 bucks. Which is from, like key for what this whole operation's about, yeah. you know. From supplies found at Walmart. Fuck yeah. And we got that banged out. We're going to make those this week, which mm -hmm. will cut out a lot of the... The sound, the, the, the noise traffic, traffic and, and maybe, maybe the, the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> I tried throwing a Mexican blanket on it, and that did not help at all. Just going to try to be more conscious of running it earlier yeah. in the day. Mistakes was... were made. Lessons were learned. We are going to slowly bring you a better and better podcast. What's the... Hmm. I'll try not to cackle straight into the microphone like I have a few times. Yeah, and I'll try not to hang way out back here <laughs> so nobody can hear me or lean too close in while I'm screaming about shit. Oh, or, or knock the table. Or fucking break my elbow. But we still have tiny tablecloths. So. We, we still do have tiny tablecloths. I'm going to get a set of these embroidered. These little fucking oven mitts. <laughs> I almost bought some I found on Amazon that were like um, just little small court board coasters mm -hmm. but it said uh, don't ruin the fucking table and I was like I feel like that's an appropriate mood fuck it it's our apartment it's our goddamn podcast <laughs> our production company I'll do whatever the fuck I want to do here <laughs> got this shit going down um we started reading 
I just realized how fucking mushy this is going to turn into. I'm, like, actually really excited that I was able to go, this has helped our relationship. Like, I feel and like... And prove it. Yeah, like, I feel like, um... What's his nuts from that movie with Robin Williams? That's just going to leave me. Uh, fuck, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Feel, yeah, like, he's like, I've just had this breakthrough. Like, I've learned a thing. Like, I, I can say it out loud. It's, uh, Leo DiCaprio? No, it's not Leo. Oh. I think it's Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah, it's Is not it Matt Damon. Damon? Right. It's been, sorry, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Was Robin Williams fucking Matt Damon? No, he was a psychiatrist, no, wasn't he? you don't know the song. No. Uh, Matt Damon's um, ex, I don't know if they're still together, I don't follow celebrity gossip, but um, <laughs> what was that comedian's name? Female comedian. Name begins with an S. She's like really big into like the feminist movement and... Her Both last of, name begins with an S? Both of her names begin with oh. an S. Uh, Sarah... Silverman. Silverman. Um, used to date Jimmy... Not Jimmy Fallon. The other... The, the guy that cries. I don't know. I'm I not, have not... I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't okay? know where this story is going. I'm so well, lost. Anyway, it's a late night talk show host uh-huh. that cries. He cried recently. I It was like a whole situation. Kind of a tubby ex-stand-up. I don't know if he still does stand-up. It's definitely not Jimmy Fallon. I don't know. Jimmy Fallon. Anyway, those two used to date, and then I I guess they were... I, I've lost all context. But uh, <laughs> one day she came onto the show, and they were talking, and she'd written an entire song with Matt Damon called I'm Fucking Matt Damon to like come out oh, Yeah, I am not familiar with that. Because he had a big beef with Matt Damon. Without the name of the dude. Are you thinking of Jimmy Kimmel? Because that's fake. I am thinking fake. of Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they're, fight is yeah, fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're beef. But like in the mm-hmm. peak of their beef, she walked onto the stage and was like, I have this song. And then like they dropped Jimmy down. Jimmy Kimmel's along. not fat. I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I knew Shel Silverstein was... <laughs> Sarah Silverman was... <laughs> Imagine Shel Silverstein comes out with a poem called I'm Fucking Matt Damon. That goes completely off. I wish I knew any line from The Giving Tree right now. My brain is mush. Oh, God. Um, See, you were you were dangerously on the edge of being sweet, and then we derailed. Yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. Um, but we... we um, what other gooey shit do we do? You said um, we started reading and then we, you trailed we, we, off. We have started reading. Uh, for one reason or another, Kristen enjoys the sound of my voice I when do. I read things because I read all the commas and all the, all the mm-hmm. like I, I put emphasis. It's very soothing. That's the first time publicly anybody has ever called my voice soothing. You've done <laughs> it in private. You're like, yeah, no, you've got a soothing voice. And I'm constantly sitting there like, I just normally people look at me like, sir... Can you please quit cussing? This is Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, your 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 loud rants will make a strong man cower in the corner, but when you're it just happens. reading to me in private, it's soothing. <laughs> but uh, we started reading Freak Kingdom because I listen a lot to the um, the Rogan podcast, and he he had that guy on, and now it is it the last name begins with a D, Denevi. Uh, it was like a really strange name that I didn't but know it's how a, to pronounce either. It's a biography of Hunter S. Thompson. It's written in this really interesting way where the guy, um, 
he like took a lot of Thompson's actual words and like blended them into his own prose. So sometimes you're reading it and you're like, oh shit, that's a line from Hell's Angels or holy fuck, that's a line from Fear and Loathing. And uh, Kristen and I have been reading that at night just to kind of keep you guys updated. I've made absolutely no progress in um, The New Evil. I have not even picked it back up since Sunday when we did this last, just because work's been... We've been working on something else. I'll get there. But uh, before we move on, the guy's name is Timothy Denevi. He had a um, podcast with Rogan a couple of weeks ago, and that's where I got the idea. We went to Barnes & Noble. And I set out to find this book and another book, and I wound up leaving with two books that were neither of the books <laughs> that I set out to get and ordered this one. And it's called Freak Kingdom, Hunter S. Thompson's Manic Ten-Year Crusade Against American Fascism. And we've only made it through like the first, what, chapter or two, yeah. and I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Kristen doesn't know... I don't think like a tenth of what I know about Hunter Thompson. Oh, no, for sure not. A personal (laughs) hero of mine. Some dude who was just capable of completely burning himself out in the love of what it was he was doing. Old Thompson's a little weird, but um, that go fuck yourself to the entire idea of journalism is what I strive for. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're looking for a reading suggestion, right now I've, uh, so far we've gone with the New Evil with uh, Michael H. Stone. Which you should probably read the first one first, I would think. The Anatomy of Evil. Yeah, read that one. Was it The Anatomy of Evil, The Anatomy of Violence? I'm I think not the Anatomy well. of I think Evil, it's I the believe. Anatomy of Evil. Read that one first, 22 gradation scale, um, about the concept of violence. If you write horror, I think it's a must to understand what really exists in the real world before you try to scare people outside of the realm of the real world. And... Freak Kingdom. Those are my... Motherfucker, two book suggestions. <laughs> Look at you. But, oh, I, the reason that I, I've been struggling with the new evil is because I... <laughs> no, it's a big announcement. I was... I'm proud of you. Don't tell me that. I was um, looking for something else the other day and stumbled across the last printed copy of the first novel that I wrote, which I am ecstatic because I thought I'd lost like the first 10 chapters. I was convinced I would never get back to it. I put it down because of what was going on with dad and because of school and stuff like that. And a couple of years later now, probably three years since I thought I'd I'd lost it, I am back to editing. The Nightmare Box, because I'm bad at titles. (laughs) I never finished that, so I started a production company and a website with the name of the book that I actually never published. (laughs) I I wrote an entire other book. I could have named the website The Madman Diaries. To be fair, though, um, I liked the name quite a bit. I asked you if we could name the production company that, so it wasn't like you were being lazy. I was like, oh, can we use that? (laughs) But I've been working on it. I've been trying to do, and I missed today because we've been all over the fucking place, and so now we're doing this. So, um, I've been trying to do 10 pages a day. It's about 160 pages. The formatting's all wonky, so I'd probably give it 
another 20 or 30 once I've got it set all for them. You know? Well, too, that's uh, Microsoft Word format, so yeah. it's significantly longer yeah, in like book your, format. Yeah, like your book format's going to be like a 1.75 to every one, so, you know, like 100 pages is 175 in a novel mm -hmm. um, once it's done correctly. But I was trying to think of how that related to what we were we were doing here. And I was going, why do I only have one copy of the Nightmare Box? Why is that not on a hard drive somewhere <laughs> where I could have 50 copies of it and look why, at Brett? it from all these different angles? Um, nobody, I'm, I'm not good with computers at all, for starters. And nobody told me that it would be a good idea to back up any of my work. So I probably had... In the neighborhood of 150 to 200 stories. Oh, on ouch. And two novels that were roughs. So I had one, The Nightmare Box, and then I had the other one that's um, in my desk drawer. I heard said it now as there were that many. Uh, there were a shitload. I was writing like a story a week, and those were just the ones that I was confident in. Was, what happened to those stories, Brett? Those stories, I had a backpack. <laughs> and it rained and I didn't know that laptops should go in waterproof cases if you're going to walk around in the rain I didn't know that they completely fried out if the power was off and I didn't know that if you open your laptop and you discover that the keyboard is wet that's a good way to just completely destroy literally everything that was on that goddamn hardware yeah. fucked up my books fucked up all of my stories at the end of college when I had to go back and dig up all the old assignments so that I could tell the English department that I'd written a whole bunch of shit half of that was on the fucking old thing oh, no. it was a problem it was a massive issue so. my buddy Fagan sent me a hard drive and I still have that and I use that uh, as religiously as I can remember to use that, which right now is like once a month I'll, I'll back some things up. I think the first gift I bought you was a waterproof case was, for your laptop. It was right after I'd fucking fried it and I'm like, I finally got this new one. And she's like, hey, why don't you put it in this big sleeve and uh, not have this do problem. that again. You know? <laughs> Uh, now I've got the cool satchel that you bought me, so that kind of keeps everything relatively dry, yeah, and I don't spend a whole good. lot of time walking around on campus getting pissed on. So, <laughs> if and you have a you have Windows on your Jeep now. So. I do, I do. I have Windows on my Jeep, so we're fucking taking steps. Um, so if you're a writer out there in the world and uh, your laptop is just sitting in a cloth backpack of some description. Buy a hard drive. Uh, buy a hard drive. Buy a waterproof bag. Um, you're going to need both, uh, really. And, you know, we don't make a whole lot of money putting pen to paper, so protect your investments. Is really <laughs> but yeah, I'm on um, trying to do the 10 pages a day. Uh, I, I got a little overwhelmed, I think, like looking at the whole intro because my writing's changed a lot since when I set out to do this um, and was honestly like a little discouraged right off the bat where I'm like, well, shit, I'm just getting 10 pages done. And then I realized that 10 pages a day of doing like these initial notes for the rewrite, I could do this in like two and a half weeks. Which is actually... A pretty quick turnaround because I know you and I were talking about um, there's a website called Upwork where mm -hmm. people can do freelance work and like there have been people who have posted like 
ridiculously long projects where they're like, I want this back in a week. And you were like, that would take me a month to do. So yours isn't too much shorter than some of the ones we've talked about. So two weeks is actually a really quick turnaround. Two two weeks on like initial notes. Like what they're asking me to do is like. Rewrite the book. Well, yeah, no, I've got the notes that I'm making and then. Because it's not backed up and it only exists in physical form, I literally have to go through with my computer and type the entire manuscript into a new file, which is going to take forever. I'm a pretty fast typer if you need help. I'm a very fast typer. That's why I write. But (laughs) (laughs) it's like I. I, You make a lot of notes on actual paper. I also take some very interesting photographs, but then. No, you make a lot of notes on actual paper, so I guess I just always envision you permanently writing on paper and refusing to use yeah, a computer. I'm but gonna, yeah, I'm you do hire, actually type a lot. I'm gonna hire a scribe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I got to type all that back in and then print it out, and then probably go through three more intensive edits. This is more like um, crossing out a whole paragraph and going, "This doesn't exist," or my biggest issue. Which is, uh, my guy has two children until like chapter seven, and then you never hear from the second child oh, no. again. He's completely fallen out of the memory of the oh, no. story. The dad doesn't care. So, like, uh, it was not intentional. It's not a part of the plot. I literally made a character and then forgot that I made that character <laughs> and never revisited that guy. So oh. I have to go through and cut out all the mentions of you him. You should have given him three children and dropped off the middle child randomly. That would have been, like, uh, justice for every middle child out there. It. I might have to look at it. be like, yes, we're the forgotten ones. We are the forgotten ones. Just <laughs> never fucking mention it. Where's Timmy? And it's like that. Oh, uh, he's the middle child. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's like Megan family guy. We just, like... <laughs> <laughs> But you were telling me earlier that you've never lost a whole bunch of files because I you use Premiere. Yeah, um, I am a little OCD about how much I um, back up my stuff. So I own two hard drives. I don't just own one, I own two, and I back up everything to both hard drives and my computer. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> And trying um, to hide something from the government, maybe. (laughs) Um, Premiere, if you're a video editor, you probably know this is a program known for randomly at the worst of times crashing on you. Like all good software, you get that error message that pops up that's like, Oh, there's an unexpected problem, and your heart drops to the (laughs) ground. So, I probably literally on average every five minutes hit the save button whenever I'm working on a project. That way, um, you know, even if it crashes, I've lost five yeah. minutes of my time at worst. And not only that, but I go through and save a new version of the file <laughs> every so often. <laughs> yeah. So, I think most people on average probably only end up with like maybe 10 versions at most um i think when we were doing the dolls i had 40 or 50 versions i was like well i edited that one (laughs) scene it's time for a new version (laughs) so yeah i I don't lose files i have more files than anyone on earth would ever know which one is current like you gotta start typing well no i I named them the exact six just 67 is the the (laughs) i named them the exact same thing every time it'll be like if we were doing the dolls it would be the dolls would be the original and then v1 v2 v3 
50. Yeah. I do that with like overall drafts. Like if you go on, I'll have like, uh, I don't know, from the madman, uh, ashes to ashes is probably ashes to ashes, parentheses, one, parentheses, two, mm-hmm. all the way through like fucking five or six or wherever I left off, you know. But no, God. And in the final version, something different to make my life easier, though. I think the final version the, is usually like whatever the name is and then final masters of the dolls on my two hard drives and my computer is the doll's final master. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh god yeah I, I i have that level of paranoia that i was afraid my computer and my hard drive would both give out on me so yeah. i bought a second hard drive i, I should do that we gotta start hitting <laughs> that save button more often <laughs> i can't imagine that a, like a program that just shits no, out on you for no the, the funny thing about it though is premiere auto saves every so often too so i'm like i don't care if you're auto saving i'm saving too <laughs> <laughs> so like it's probably like a hundred yeah. 200 times an hour Shit. like between the two of us we're saving files well, that's <laughs> that's insanity yeah it, it takes a depending on what you're editing a lot of power to edit a movie though so sometimes i guess the program just can't keep up so yeah save your shit and double save it and I, save it on something else i think we're officially given advice <laughs> we're fucking doing great things Welcome. I did have uh, the dolls has probably been the biggest thing to date that I've edited on my own Mm -hmm. um, computer. It's only 13 minutes long. Like that doesn't seem like that would be that much work, but it was a couple of months of editing and a lot, a lot, a lot of hours. And um, where was I going with that? I lost my train of thought. Mistakes were made in the telling of the story, <laughs> and that leads us into another thing I have in my show notes, which is the making of oh, the Oh, no, dolls. wait. I was going to say, it crashed on me a couple of times, but I never had to go back like super far because, thankfully, I was excessively saving. But there were a few times it crashed, and I was like, well, I guess I'm done for the night. I guess that's just gone. Taking the night off. You remember when uh, I was writing that paper? And my computer shit out on me in the middle of writing it. I lost like three pages of like intensive research. I was like, I just want to write about Jonathan Swift. And it was was like (laughs) due like really soon. Yeah, like the next morning. I was like fucking up at like eight o'clock at night. My computer just went. I I wanted to cry for you. (laughs) I felt so bad about that. Because it was right around finals too. Yeah, there's nothing like hitting that point where you're like your brain is just you've you've been in the flow for so long that you're just starting to get tired and you're starting to fall out of flow state and you're like I'm almost there just one more <laughs> I need to save more frequently yeah. that's definitely on me but we were talking earlier about um, the mistakes that we made while making the dolls which I think are important to point out while we're kind of like um, I didn't know if we'd make it to that subject today, but we can do a whole episode about it later if you want to. But I mean, either way is fine. But um, you said that you had a whole bunch of issues in post-production, like with the color and stuff like that. Do you have any... You know, Jack's grumbling away. At... Any lessons that were learned in there? Hey, uh, you got your walk. Settle your shit. I honestly don't, don't know. Don't bark at me. <laughs> He's like, but dad, sometimes I get two W's and I would like a second one. It was his birthday this week, I think. My my birthday with him, at least. 
Oh, really? This week. Like but, his adoption birthday? Well, there's been a lot of like baby pictures of him in my uh, memories. Aww. So Cheers to Around Jax. four years ago, I got Jax. He used to fit in my hand, and uh, now when he jumps up, he can lick the top of my forehead. He can crush you with one paw because he frequently breaks my ankle. It he feels broke like... my balls this morning. <laughs> the alarm went off. Jax stepped on my balls. Stepped off of my balls and then corrected himself. Stepped back onto my balls and used my balls as a spring to jump over to Kristen. And I have never been in so much pain that quickly. Just really wanted you to be awake. I don't know if I can have children. <laughs> I think my dog just made me sterile. He said you brought enough fucking cats into this apartment. No, he said you took my balls. I'm taking yours. <laughs> I didn't want to cut his balls off. I'm not getting into a conversation about my dog's touch. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, post-production for the dolls. Um, yeah, like one of the biggest issues I had in a post while we were editing was um, color correction, which I've only just recently, probably as we were editing the dolls, <laughs> um, tried to like learn a lot more about it. It's actually um, like a really serious I guess art form um there are people who do color correction for a living that's all they do they don't actually edit the films they just do the color correction which which is editing but i mean they don't piece it together <laughs> um, nice jacks you dick <laughs> he's just looking at you no, like no, fuck get you, your bro. drink of water don't <laughs> fuck off dude but I don't honestly know what happened there because we were using two different cameras to shoot a couple of scenes that we had both of the little girls in and they were the exact same model camera but they did no i think they even had the same type of lens on them huh. so as far as i know they were both set to the same uh white balance and all of that stuff but for some reason whenever i went to edit them i don't know if it was like the way the lighting in the room was or what because we didn't necessarily have them both lit the same were way were they facing like the same angle or were they no they were facing each angle? other so they were both like in different sections of the room facing different directions so it may have been the lighting in the room i don't know they have different skin tones too different hair colors so um like half of the shots from one camera ended up very orange and then the other had like a very like magenta cast to them yeah so i <laughs> spent hours in post <laughs> while not being an expert at color correction trying to figure out how to get these two shots that are supposed to look like they're taking place at the exact same time in the exact same room, which they were, <laughs> to look the same. With the exact same camera, just shit not working for reasons unexplained. Well, I mean, it was two... They were both running at the same time. Like, I was, like, cross-shooting, yeah. so one camera was facing one way and the other camera was facing the other way, but they were the same model camera and everything. Like, I, I don't know what happened there. But yeah, like that was a nightmare in post trying to fix that. So, but we had issues all throughout the entire process. Like we've yeah. talked, I think I don't know which podcast what we covered in the one that went out today and which one is coming out next. So, um, my apologies if this is a repeat to our early diehard fan who listened to our one episode. <laughs> <coughs> um. Because of the opening, the original opening of the dolls, which featured uh, the bad guy, Paul, jerking his dick off to horror films in the garage. You mentioned it in passing, not yeah. in the one that's out, but one that's coming up. Yeah, like he's he's got like this old um, T-800 
TV on a rolling stand and he's just jerking off to fucking last house on the left. Um, and a couple of other things that in case we reuse it, I'm, I'm holding a secret. <laughs> but, <laughs> he's a little off his rocker. Yeah, but due to um, complaints from anonymous issue uh, students in a random classroom at a university that will remain unspecified. Um, I wasn't allowed to make the film if it opened with a masturbation. So. There were actually a couple of things we had to cut. That was the biggest. Yeah. But yeah, we, we got hit kind of hard. So with I had the to PC police literally do a rewrite of the film while we were trying to cast the actors for the film. I think I may have sent out the script to a few people and been like, hey, so that scene's not going to be there anymore. Ignore that scene. Just a heads up. (laughs) When you meet Brett, yes, he did write that. But no, I'm not going to ask you to masturbate on camera. (laughs) (laughs) For a college film you're not getting paid for. I'm not going to have you just sitting there like... Oh, you wouldn't have shown that, though. No, you never see his dick. Yeah. But, I mean, it's heavily implied. (laughs) We should try to make the original script of the doll. I think, actually, the guys who reviewed our podcast asked me um, in the comment section, because we had a little bit of a back and forth, because I commented on their video, asked me if I would ever consider reshooting it and shooting it how we meant to shoot it. So um, We should. It's a possibility. Dear audience, if you're out there listening to this conversation and you want to be in the Dolls 2.0, I'm 100% down for doing an even more fucked up third version <laughs> where, I don't know, I'll, I'll come up with something. I, <laughs> <laughs> we already killed a door. Don't test me, son. Like, Which is actually a pretty cool I'll challenge. I'll put that chainsaw through that kid, pay the mother hush money, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. It's like, damn, that's good. What's the makeup artist? And it's like, I don't know, bro. It's almost like it was real. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we also had issues even in the the casting process, right? Because you had to recast Allison's mom like three or four times. Yeah. 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 Like we had a girl that we really wanted that... um, I think maybe her schedule just didn't work out and then we had a girl that accepted the role and then about a week later like something came up and she had to drop it so yeah we we i think that was the only major character that we had like a lot of issues casting Mm -hmm. which is kind of strange because it's the main character's mom like i would have thought the main people would have been the easiest but we got lucky with um oh man what's the other kid's name Mandy? Yeah, Mandy. We got lucky with uh, Mandy and her mom. Like, man, like, they looked very similar. Yeah. Like, I was like, holy shit, I would buy that that was, like, her mother. And, uh, what was it? Allison's real mom. What, Natalia? Yeah, Natalia was Allison. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real mom was punk rock as fuck. (laughs) Natalia was a bit too, though. She was, like, like, bragging about going to a pink concert. She's like, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna go see pink. (laughs) You want to go see Pink? She's like, oh, I don't have enough tickets. Good was, job with your peasant ass. She was so cute. Oh, I, I made a joke about wanting to go, and she was like, well, 
I don't have any extra tickets, but, you know, like, she was, like, trying to problem solve. It's like, maybe mom wants to stay home. It could just be us. We could just go. And she's doing big things now, right? Both of them are, actually. I, don't, I haven't got the updates on the other one, but I I, I know that Natalia is going to be in the new Halloween Ava. movie, right? Ava. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's, she, which is synchronicity. Um, I think she's got one of my favorite horror. Films. I think she's gotten something else because I saw her mom posted like something about they couldn't say what it was yet, but she had like a big thing like coming up for her. So I I think she's gotten like a. Uh, I'm kind of just talking smoke here because I don't know for sure what's going on, but I think she's gotten like a fairly serious role in something big. Ava did. No, uh, Natalia. Natalia did. Ava's like touring and doing music and stuff like she writes her own music and yeah like puts on concerts and stuff i didn't know that yeah does she do local stuff or is it like she's touring i think she's touring around i don't know the next time she's in town we gotta hook that up i'd love to go see that she helped us out with our dream i'd love to be side by side you know fucking cheering her on unless it's like I think I'm friends with her mom on I think I'm friends with her mom on Facebook and she posts like little videos of like songs she's like written and stuff so that's pretty cool like I get to see like little like videos of her performing I'm excited mm-hmm. like I, that, that's that's brilliant I those kids were fantastic they they put in twice the work and no offense to the adults that were in the film the best actors but those children were next level like they <laughs> No, like I was like, like Jacob and the rest of you. Like I, I you, you did great. You did fan fucking tastic. But I had no idea what it would be like working with a kid, and they made it painless. Like they were correcting me on what shit. I was gonna say, well, I've worked with like kids before on other stuff, and like kids, which that's normal. Like you can't like be upset about that. Kids like have a shorter attention span. Like get distracted really easy. Like don't typically seem to remember their lines as well, and um. Yeah, like, Natalia and Ava both, like, sat down and, like, first take, knew their lines, were, like, blowing through, like, it was nothing. Yeah, and, and they were asking you all different kinds of questions the whole time. Helped you make the blood. Yeah. What but, other kind of cool, cute stuff did they do? All... Oh, gosh, we made this movie, like, a year ago. You can't put me on the spot like that. I have terrible memory. Brett's big question. Preston <laughs> ain't gonna launch one? I got this shit. So. <laughs> I have terrible memory. Uh, I, I mean, like, in general, they were both just, like, fearless. Like, I had to, which there wasn't a blade on it. We didn't have the blade on the chainsaw, but, um, for that scene anyway. I had to <laughs> have, uh, Jacob, like, hold the chainsaw in front of Ava's face, because, spoiler alert, one of the kids dies. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, she, like sat there and let us do it and then Natalia like helped me make the blood and let me like pour fake blood on her and dab fake blood on her feet and all this stuff and like had a full-grown adult chasing behind her with the chainsaw and was like super fearless about all of it we had these 
creepy dolls hanging on this clothesline and she was just like oh this is cool let me come check this and out and in exchange all that we had to do was let them play with Caleb and Alicia's dog mm. like, we, just, <laughs> well, we fed them too yeah no we did we took them. care of them no I'm not saying we neglected these children and traumatized them like I, I, I don't know <laughs> It was really interesting. I thought there'd be a lot more problems. Natalia was actually a second pick, too. I forgot that. We had another girl. That's right. Whose mom sent in this photo of this little girl with, like, uh, effects makeup, like, covering one of her eyes, and it looked like her eyeball was, like, totally missing. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, a really creepy photo of this, like, super sweet, like, doll-faced little girl. And I was, like, they sent me the creepy effects photo and i was like oh my god brett like this is the girl and like i remember um like we cast her and then for whatever reason the mom had to pull out so we didn't end up working with that little girl yeah probably because this was still the script with the masturbation that was coming up front like hey y'all uh, trying to involve your kids i don't i don't know if i sent them that or not we may have had the rewrite by then i'm not sure but um yeah they pulled out and i remember like initially being like so bummed about it and like talking to Brett about it and being like man I feel like that was the kid because this little girl was like super into like horror and stuff like that and then like we met Natalia and I didn't know anything about her until the first day of shooting because we met the day I think that we shot the first set of scenes and um like I'm sure the other girl is incredible like I I don't remember her name to save my life unfortunately no the the girl that we originally cast as uh, Allison, like I'm, I'm sure she's incredible. I'm sure she would have been great too. But I remember like being like kind of grateful we ended up with Natalia because I was like I couldn't have imagined we a better Allison with, with two young professionals mm-hmm. and Ava. If this somehow is you know reaching you, a one shun shun on the parents. Don't let her listen to me. Ever again. <laughs> um, but I, they both did. So goddamn good. And that like, moment I, where they're, um, sorry if you haven't watched the video, go watch the video so you know what the hell yeah, we're talking spoiler about. Spoiler alerts, fucking a year <laughs> and a half ago. Get your shit together. <laughs> that moment where they're both sitting on the floor hiding before they go into the closet together, and like the way Destiny shot it, it's where it's classic. like very like close up and closed in. They both like genuinely seem like kind of freaked out, and I'm like, man, like so much emotion coming from these like kids who have never even met before they met the first day that we shot like they were uh, like legit playing with each other the entire time yeah and, like having real fun like they got along great and I, no we got to do something else with them we should mm-hmm. get those two girls back and do some sort of a scene but we um one of the mistakes that we didn't notice until i guess later while you listen to jacksy this dinner in the <laughs> background hey jack classic Jets, you don't need to get it one mouthful at a time and bring it to the carpet. No, he's he's eating it on the floor behind me. Oh, I, if you're a pet owner and can explain this to me, Jax has taken it upon himself as of late to get a mouthful of food, transport it five feet away, and then spill it out on the floor and eat them <laughs> one by one. And I don't know why he has recently picked up this habit. He wants to eat dinner with us. He wants to... Even and, though the bowl is directly behind the table. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out a way to to handle Jax, but those foam screens. The foam I'll just screens. I'll sit over here and that'll <laughs> directionally. God damn it. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Yay! Cheers. I have to delicately tap. I drink wine. Brett mm-hmm. drinks beer, and I broke one wine glass because I 
enthusiastically yeah. cheered him. So. Because I drank high-grade IPAs, but because I tend to drink everything in front of me very quickly, like, I'll knock back, like, how, how many liters do you think's in that fucking water bottle I carry on? Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know, you drink a lot of water. Yeah, I bang that shit back in, like, five minutes, and so I tear through beers purely because I'm thirsty. So I have to take breaks on occasion. Like, I buy IPAs, and then I buy cheap malt liquor, and, like, <laughs> like I can sip a King Cobra because it's not, uh, Nice in my palate, if you will. <laughs> and the other day, I went to Cheers, Kristen, and completely just fucked up her wine glass. Yeah, cracked <laughs> it straight down <laughs> it. I was like Mistakes listening to Irish me. punk rock music. Bam! <laughs> I broke that shit. But um, back to the dolls. Uh, one of the things that we learned from trying to edit the dolls was given I'm not the a great scenes, director. <laughs> no, no, no. You're a fantastic director. I, I am not a horribly experienced director i'll be honest about that yeah. like a, a lot of the stuff that i've directed was stuff that i did by myself like um a lot almost all of the movies i did or short films i did in college were directed shot produced edited like entirely by me like did the sound did everything so i am not a great people person, if that doesn't come across very clearly in the podcast. I, I have an awkward personality, introvert. Like, I'm not great with people, so... Um, Get yourself a manic boyfriend. Cheers! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a terribly aggressive, take-charge personality either, so when it came to directing other people, it was kind of like, oh, like, I'm just, like, kind of going with the flow with everybody else, so I... Um, yeah, need to work on being more take charge. And one thing I discovered in editing was, um, as Jax continues to enjoy his dinner, uh, a valuable lesson if you're directing your own film, like when the lines in a sin, a sin, <laughs> when the lines in a scene end, that is not the end of the scene. Yeah. Um, like scenes need room to breathe for the moment like whatever the line was or whatever just happened to kind of land just like you know comedians tell a joke and they give that joke a moment to breathe before they go on um yeah yeah. so don't call cut just because you feel like you're supposed to call cut (laughs) immediately after the scene ends because when you go to edit, you'll find you have zero seconds at all to buffer that scene. So you wind up with these really harsh <laughs> choppy, jump shots. Choppy yeah. scenes. So I was like desperately like trying to figure out how to like buffer the beginning and ending of my scenes because two, also when you, you call action, you don't immediately jump into the scene. Which, action. Yeah, because then your your actors are just suddenly like moving or suddenly stopping mid movement or whatever, and it's a bitch to edit, is what it is. I don't know how to do it from the editing or the directorial side, but um, just to have some input in it, because I, I I don't necessarily notice those things in your work, but it's something that you mentioned, and I was like, God damn, there's that is um, in writing. You mm-hmm. also have to give your scenes room to breathe. When editing the Nightmare Box, um, I saw myself trying to give um, 
Hand jobs to midgets, Jax. Hand jobs to midgets. I'm just over here jacking off <laughs> tiny people. That's that's all I'm getting at. I'm gonna go full tilt until he's done. No, his see, I could no, move. Fuck all of that. I would offer to move the food bowl, but in a scene I have, or in a scene in a podcast I haven't edited yet, I spilled the water everywhere. <laughs> so I'm not trying to repeat that episode. <laughs> I tried to pick up the whole thing, and that was not. <laughs> Can we keep this whole situation? Yeah, exit yeah. the part where I fucking reference it, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> God. Oh. oh, now the neighbor's dog's gonna get in on it. <laughs> if anybody is asking, this is um, a wonderful Wednesday in the world of pets. For <laughs> are you done? Are you? Did you want to burp one last time? Maybe cut a fucking fart, and we continue this conversation. Are we good, Jags? <laughs> but it's authentic. It is authentic. And it's in line with the name of the podcast. Give yourself room to breathe. Mistakes were made. <laughs> I was like, he'll only do it for 10 or 30 steps. Like, no, he's just going to fucking chomp away for the entirety of the. God damn it. <laughs> Hand jobs to midgets is a pretty funny jump through. <laughs> that made me think weirdly of um oh man please tell me what midget hand jobs are cards against of. humanity because okay, cool. there's a card okay. that says that was stupid. a good save <laughs> there's no there's a card that says i thought you were gonna be like spring break <laughs> yeah fucking 2007 like, there I was, jerking off a midget yeah, at a bachelorette a, party. There's a Cards Against Humanity card that says two midgets shitting in a bucket. <laughs> I was like, why? For any midgets who may be listening, I know the proper term is little people. I think little people is worse of a term, but I, I'll... I'll... What up, little man? Like... <laughs> that does seem kind of condescending, actually, yeah. No, it, it, it's not my joke. I just can't remember who had that joke. <laughs> um, what was I gonna start talking uh, pacing pacing Whew. for all my writing people out there <laughs> also give your scenes room to breathe in editing the nightmare box I found that like I tried to rush through the entire setup to get my guy to the location where he's gonna spend the rest of the book and I tried to do it in three very rushed chapters. So if you're writing, and this doesn't count if it's the rough draft, blow that rough draft out. Get that shit down on paper, fix it later. But if you're doing what I'm doing right now, which is trying to edit um, a shitty first draft, <laughs> there were things that I did inside of three chapters that honestly I could have spent six chapters on. So slow down, put your reader in the position um, that they need to be in. They're not you, they can't guess. They can't guess the color of the room, they can't guess the scent of the room, they can't hear somebody's voice unless you key them in to all those subtle details. So. I don't know. Should I do a writer's challenge? Should I come up with like a writing challenge? Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I'm going to write that down on my notepad. To be fair, though, to add to that, um, like you said, you wrote this story like a good three years ago or so. And at the time, you know, it was your first 
novel you'd ever attempted. Um, you didn't have your book that's currently published published at the time, and no, you didn't no, have two back to back inside of six months. I went from a guy who went, I might be a writer, to a dude who'd written two rough drafts yeah. for two separate novels. And, and you you didn't have uh, your BA that you have now, so mm-hmm. like you you are looking back on this earlier work with a very different perspective than you were when you wrote it. And I was in a weird place. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote most of the Nightmare Box um, when my dad was dying in a hospital, like not dying quick, you know. Like, uh, he, he had, um, end-stage liver disease, which meant that, uh, one day he was there, and the next day, I think my brother was the one who found him kind of meandering around in the backyard, and he didn't know who he was, and then, like, he'd eat enough sugar, and then he'd come back, and he'd remember us, and, uh... It was really strange. It was like living with a person who had like um, situational um, Alzheimer's disease, you know, like depending on if his levels were good, he'd be there um, or not. And when he was not there, he had no fucking clue what was going on. There's a burp. And I didn't really know what else to do. I'd just gotten out of the military. I uh, was working like 70 fucking hours a week. I was busting my balls um, and spending a couple of days and in hindsight, not enough time at his bedside. We all thought he was coming through at the time, so I can't really beat myself up too much. We thought that he was coming out the other end of it. Right up until like a week or two before he passed, but Dad was, in hindsight, dying of um, end-stage liver disease. Just had this uh, thing that used to be an organ, which had just become like a collection of muscle tissue. And I wrote most of that book on days where. I would go to his hospital room because it was an hour or two that I could spend sitting there with him and he was zonked out on drugs and didn't know what was going on. And uh, I finished it and he pulled through that time around and mom read it and dad never did. And not that long after he was dead. So, um, can't believe I just said that into a microphone. I'm proud of you for revisiting it, though. Like, I know that's a... It's not an easy thing. Yeah. Like, a, that, that book is not good. It will be good. I, I think I owe it to him for it to be good. It's, a, it's not a mushy, like, love letter to my dad. If it's anything, a personal it's piece me. of work for yeah. you. 
if anything, it's me trying to cope with our relationship while he was dying. But um, just to kind of keep this podcast wise, instead of who can I get a cheers? Give me a cheers. Oh, I'm very proud. God of you. damn it! It's a, that it's was a weird. Big move. Mm-hmm. Um. If I'm, I'm going to try to walk my way out of this podcast, and I'm sorry that it happened on such a low note. Uh, <laughs> um, we all go through like terribly traumatic experiences at the, the the absolute wrong time and the greatest thing that I think I could have done thank you Jackson <laughs> um, the greatest thing I think I could have done at the time was write that fucking book and the greatest thing that I can do now while I'm finally uh, trying to figure out how to deal with that um, the greatest thing I can do right now is uh, dive back into that remember how I felt when I was sitting there in the room and every day that I didn't get the phone call saying that he was dead was a victory Like yeah. we had a heavy moment um, I think in the podcast that went up today right where we were talking to um Maybe the teenagers who didn't think that they had a way out of it, that nobody was believing in them and stuff. Is that on the one? Uh, I think that's on the last one we did. I don't think that one's gone up yet. But it, it too, I feel like... Okay. I'm oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Um, go ahead, yeah. You sure? Okay. Um... Like I don't, I don't really want to get into that and take away from like what we're currently. I didn't mean to like completely crash this. I'm no, sorry. you didn't. I, Not I at all. I thought I could get through it, and then you I didn't. started thinking about it. I, yeah. You didn't that. at all. Like I, I don't want to heavily get into that uh, discussion because I don't want to take away from this moment. But um, we've been watching the Twilight Zone, and there was a. The last episode that we watched was kind it's a of good way to pull out. Uh, can I do one thing? Uh huh. To dad. To dad. To dad. Dad. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> like the last episode we watched, kind of touched on this topic of not wasting time and doing what you care about. And Twilight Zone. The episode we're referring to is time enough to last which went live on November 20th of 1959. <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Because, yeah, I've never watched the original episodes, but very well done for, like, how early in cinema. Cinema is not actually a very old art form um, they were. So if you haven't watched them, you should definitely check them out. But, yeah, like, that episode in particular, I guess, kind of touches on this to bring it back full circle um this idea of (laughs) this idea of not wasting time because our time is precious and our time is limited so i I think that's 
part of what this journey is for you and me both like recognizing that we're in the prime of our lives right now and if we don't go after the things that make us happy and the things that we care about we're gonna wake up if we wake up you know in 30 years with all these regrets so no I think that's a an important takeaway from all of this is to chase the things that set your heart on fire because you only have as far as any of us know one life to live them I couldn't agree more um I'm so sorry this took a turn. (laughs) (laughs) I told a family friend once, um, which my brother understood, and I don't think that uh, she did, was losing my dad was the greatest and the worst thing that has ever happened to me. Like, kind of all balled up in one. Um... He passed away. I made jokes to the hospice nurse about strapping him to the ceiling so that we could like drop him off the ceiling and scare the fuck out of her. And an hour later, he was dead. And she walked in and was like looking up at the ceiling, trying to figure out if I'd strap dad to the ceiling. Like, is this crazy fucking kid worth, you know? Um, another family friend, my dad's best friend, helped me carry his body out of the room when he was dead and we flashed his dead dick to my baby brother (laughs) Ben goes I just remember being really sad and like I didn't know what was going on and then like I looked up just so that I could prove to myself and then it was just dead dad dick You ever see your dad's dick in the shower? It was ten times worse than that. um... (laughs) Fuck. But what I was getting to um, was Ben and I got to put him on the uh, gurney and go outside and put him in the hearse and close the hearse door. And that moment changed my life. Because here was my relationship with my dad, which was very complicated. Like, it it wasn't, as I'd imagine, you know, for for most guys, it it wasn't an open shut. It was like a love-hate on both sides forever. Like, it was like, yeah, no, I, you know, I respect him for what he's done, and I I, I can't take that... uh, what he did for me, I can't take that away from him, but there's forever a, a, a rivalry with your dad that you expect to go on until you're in your 50s. And dad died when he was 54 and I was 25. So, putting, um, putting him, Jess, please. <laughs> Putting him in the hearse was like the the moment where you're like, this could be me. Like, I always thought, you know, like, I'd um, go out to 65. I thought dad would die at 65. Grandpa died at 65. His dad died at 65. So, like, in my head, we were always given these amount of years where, you know, you might one day overcome some horse shit. 
And... Sorry, my dog's a little sensitive. And there's neighbors walking by the window. Um, now they're in the hallway. <laughs> You're going to die one way or the other. Which is the lesson that I learned, which makes it the greatest and the worst lesson. Like, I've seen people die before that. I've been around dead people before that. There's chaps taking a sip of water. And it doesn't always help, you know, like it, it doesn't always help to obsess on like the fact that you're going to die. But if nothing else, it lit a spark under my ass that said one way or another, my brother and I and everybody in this room goes into that goddamn hearse. Um, and I'd rather be doing this than accounting. <laughs> it's homeless or a cab than writing. I'm sorry if that got way off the rails and way too sad. Um, not used to talking in the microphone yet, and I'm still kind of dealing with that. And Kristen gets to look at me, and that shit heads over the uh, over my shoulder. So cheers, Dad. Uh, to your shadow box. <laughs> I'd like to think that we listened to enough right-wing radio to justify uh, him maybe saying that he was proud of me for the second time. <laughs> All right, well, I'm meambling my way out of here. What are our plugs? What is our Twitter? Uh, Twitter is Nightmare Box Pro. Or at Nightmare Box Pro. At Nightmare Box Pro. Mm -hmm. What is our Instagram? At Nightmare Box Productions. Where can they find us on Facebook? Night or Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. And what is the name of the recently released podcast where the people who are listening to us already know where to find us? Mistakes were made. And that they were. <laughs> Much like trying not to cry on a random Wednesday night. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you more. I love you most. And I love you guys. Uh, thank you for putting up with everybody. And uh, see you on the next episode. We'll see you next week or later this week.